welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Jerry Springer. Oh, please. Yeah. Please. Please. Don't get up. No. Don't get up. Well, I want to do that one more time because I want to record it. And what I want to do is uh, attach it to my alarm clock in the morning. So when I wake up, Jerry, get up. <sighs> yeah. That's how you started. What is going on with your, um, your effort to set a record in the Guinness Book of World Records, right? Are you still talking Guinness, about that? Uh, yeah, oh, Guinness Book of This yes. is oh. the craziest well, idea ever. Megan, it finally has traction because this has been rattling around in my brain for some years now. But I will set, I'm committed to setting, not breaking, setting the world record for the number of miles you can put on an unlimited mileage one-week rental car in one week. And I would do it by dream. finding, the, thank you, Megan. <laughs> yeah. She she gets it. Dare to dream. Did you hear that? But Megan, that might be the slogan on the side of the car. Dare to dream. You want to set the record. Right. Wait, I got it. You rent a car Mm -hmm. with unlimited mileage. Yeah, then they always say to you it's unlimited mileage. Okay. And And you now want to sign that and then see how many miles you can go in a week with unlimited mileage and have that be the record that they put in the Guinness Book of Records. Submit it to the Guinness Book of Records. What is the point? That is just downright stupid. Dumb. It's no good, Gene. It's stupid. It's really stupid. What do you mean, no good? <laughs> so you, first of all, there is no record. So what record are you breaking? You I'm not breaking. I'm setting the record. You could just setting. drive around the parking lot and win. Well, I, that's I, I, true. I know. I've been th- you know, you could. See, I like the way you think, Megan, because there are various ways you could do this. You could take a block in Cincinnati where we are in the Cincinnati area and drive seven straight days around that block, around, around. That would be very boring, by the way. Oh, the other is very interesting. Thank you, because what you would do is you would say, let's go see Devil's Tower. Boom, that's probably, I don't know, a 1,000 miles or so. Then let's go jump down and see Big Sur. Let's run over to New York City. Then, hey. Who's going to be in the car with you? Right. Well, now there's the trick. <laughs> because I will be in the car, but yes. I have been trying to find two good men or women who have, share my vision, who well, see this as important. Well, apparently your wife doesn't share the vision. Do any of I don't hear friends? you talking about Shit. taking Bonnie. Well, my to... lovely wife is in the audience, and yes. I will be candid with you. And she says, no, she will not come on, Mike. Cold day but and trust hell. me. Well, let's just see Cold by a head shake, either sideways or... Is it a good idea that, is this an important record to set? You'll be gone a week? Yes. <laughs> oh, she likes that. The question that, was, you'll be gone a week? Well, you there you that. go. Yeah, okay, you, I think we could anyway. sign Mickey up for the other <laughs> ride. <laughs> so I put this word out there through first social media. It's probably going to yeah. go on the website also, but we have to talk to some lawyers first. But, um, and I have put the word out. I'm looking for two other drivers. Bam, they start to flood in. Two what, of what, them are here tonight are they in the, only the house. Two? Oh, no, oh, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, you said they flood in. How I many have, people oh, I'm, responded I'm gonna be honest to this? With you. Thus far, yes. I have two people who are in the audience tonight yes. prepared you know, to have a conversation, to do this, even yes. to do some vetting. And I've had um, 
two other people. <laughs> so, uh, I have a corporate sponsor. In a nation of 320 <laughs> million people, people. you have four. And you're four million? No. no four. four. <laughs> no, I have four. And so far, two are here. And his sponsor is the Ludlow City Bus. And uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I see but Dr. Larry met? Gray, and I saw a young man named Zach Slemmer. Well, now there's five. I'm up to five. I got another one. And Zach's Zach Slemmer. Come on in here, yeah. Mr. Slemmer. And Dr. I believe it's Dr. Gray is Wait here. Wait a second. You're a doctor? Wow. Maybe, Dr. Gray, idea? would you come over to a microphone You're here? not a psychiatrist, are come you? Come right behind me and... Go to that black mic. Yeah, because that's, oh that's this ridiculous side. Sure. Oh, I, gee, Megan, thanks yeah. for having me. Thank this you is for real coming. Life, huh? you, you, you would, let me just ask, and then you take no, it over, no, Gene. You but do it. You would literally drive for a week with Gene Galvin. That's the tough part. I'd be happy as a dead pig in the sunshine. There you go. <laughs> well, I would say pork up a little bit and I, go for that. I've <laughs> spent a week with Gene, and it's been the highlight of my life several times. Well, truth be told, Sir, we I'm have backpacked sorry. a little bit in oh, Alaska and Idaho, etc. So okay. this, this four people have volunteered. Basically, one of them already is someone you personally know. Oh, yeah. so, so this is hardly an outpouring of support. <laughs> well, the, sele- the selection's not, not been made yet. <laughs> you what? The selection's not been made. No. Oh, oh so you're just in the running. I'm just in the running. Yeah. Would and, you call and him by a the finalist, way, though, Gene? Would you call him a finalist? Oh, definitely, Megan. <laughs> definitely. You know how we do this, <laughs> yeah. don't you? He's a don't finalist. you feel guilty? I mean, there are real issues in the world. People are starving. What, See, what I, if someone in Biafra read about this? That you see, I haven't. I don't think things through as well as you do. I, you're he cheapening is the idea. A week of his life oh my God. and his energy I know. to getting mileage on a and in a is, rental. And here's another thing. One, this is your best friend. <laughs> yeah, really. What does What's this to say, say about, about you? you? Okay, I don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> have hey, you not seen my show? <laughs> Why Let would me I ask. Uh, I'm going to ask Zach Slemmer. Where is Zach? Zach, Where's if you'll step He's over a to nice Mike right man. over Look here. Look at that. And uh, let, let's give a description here. Dr. Gray, and it is Dr. Gray. I know that because yeah. when I backpack with him, I've been in Alaska with him far in the back country. And if I say his name is Dr. Larry Gray, and if I say, hey, Larry, he'll say, Gene, it's Dr. Gray. Yeah. He's kind of a prick about that because, yeah. and he says, well, look, I worked hard. I went to Wake Forest. Where'd you go? Wake Forest, North Carolina. Yes. And right. worked hard for that degree. Uh, Dr. Gray, uh, do you have any moving violations? This is, Megan, these are the questions you have to ask. Do you have any moving violations? A few. A few. <laughs> Mrs. But, Gray, can you corroborate that? She yeah. says yes, he has some Well, here's the good news. He's still moving, huh? Yeah. <laughs> My, uh, uh, the other good news is I'm retired, and I've got time to do this, and Lynn would like for my sorry butt to be out of the house a while for a week as well well okay that i can respect now you go to zach over here and zach how old are you zach i'm I'm not a doctor no No. he's not a doctor no you play one on podcast (laughs) zach how old are you if we can ask i am uh 32 wow 32 see i like that he's not quite sure surprise surprise he's not a doctor no And yes, you want that as your co-pilot, sir. A guy who's not quite sure how old he is, a kind of guy I want to roll yeah, with for seven days. Right? That's the truth. Yeah. Hey, Zach, uh, yes. you're a millennial. You're very uh, tech-savvy, I'm going to assume. Oh, yeah. So you probably have a GoPro or something? Definitely. All right. What I propose we do, and if it turns out that it's Zach and Dr. Gray, that we oh, roll... 
yeah, he's a good guy and you're a good guy. I, I can just tell. And so we would roll seven days straight in the back seat of the Lincoln Town car rented from, we're not sure yet which rental company. Fantastic. Not sure whether we're going to tell them we're doing this. Okay. But we are going to check all the legal verbiage. I have a corporate sponsor who will pay for the mileage, the Whoa. insurance, the food. Are you guys cool with eating all three Am meals a day? Am I the corporate sponsor? I, think I was going to say, I no. <laughs> No, no, no. It's, it's How did I get No, stuck? it's a bank in town that we know oh, the owner oh, of. Oh, we know the bank. Yeah. Well, you're the fallback if he doesn't come through. When he doesn't answer his phone. Hey, we're going to even have a helicopter available to us. In fact, you and the guy that's going to sponsor yeah. might do be the Chase helicopter. Oh, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, you guys cool with eating? Because this is how you verified in the Guinness Book of Record where you were, when you were there, how many miles you put on. So the gas receipts and the receipts from the restaurants will be the proof i'm proposing three meals a day mcdonald's seven days a week because they're always open are you guys okay with that I... no <laughs> no he's that. a doctor no that he's doctor. a doctor the biologist yeah. says no to that yeah weird how about you zach i, I have wanted to get a little bit more in shape so Zach is on Because I'm cool with it, too. You all right with that? All right, Dr. Ray, we'll have to we'll talk. We'll alternate with Taco Bell. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, I like this. Oh. If it's Taco Bell, he's all right. Yeah, there won't be any Gee, more. Is, Trump selected. Is narcolepsy an issue? Well, could be if it's your stint of driving. Uh, yeah, Controlled narcolepsy. Controlled. Is, if your lungs are taking your meds, I think we'll be fine. We're good. We're good. Oh, all right, thank you. Let's hear a round of applause for Larry and Zach. This is good. Why do you do this? One word. Immortality. 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 Yeah. Well, after I, we, we will be known as those three guys. Because, see, it sounds like a And if you're in an accident, there goes the immortality. Well, we're going to have to load up with some insurance. Yeah. We're going to have to really <laughs> load up. No, listen. Seriously, the way we'll do this, we'll never yeah. break a speed limit. Good for you. Uh, oh, good rule. for you, Gene. Law. Yes. Oh, we will drive. We will stay only on interstate highways. We will see all things as a drive-by. Devil's Tower, across the horizon, you'll see you know a few inches of it above the horizon. Yeah, what do you see from an interstate? I've seen Exit Devil's Towns. Tower from an interstate. Ask my daughter, Lindsay, and my wife. We did a trip across country, and I said, we're going to see Devil's Tower. Oh, I've there always wanted to see that. We pulled off on <laughs> I-90. I said, there it is. And they said, dude, are you kidding me? Yep. That's it? That's what we're going to see? I don't see Bonnie saying, dude, are you kidding me? Well, <laughs> Lindsay may have. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the support, guys. I yeah, appreciate I, we're all Please behind sir. you. <laughs> hey, Megan. Hey, Gene. I got the greatest email yeah? yesterday. Do tell. has to do with Jerry Springer. It's our favorite topic. Do you remember he had a colonoscopy? I do. And oh. It, oh, no, it came out fine. Let's hear yeah. it for Jerry's colon. Yeah. It came out fine. It was a proud day let's, at the podcast. And I mean this, really. Let's not go there again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, check this out. Proud oh. day for Do you remember they... It was unlimited mileage. It was I'll unlimited mileage. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, oh, oh you have no idea. <laughs> do you remember they gave you some... I don't remember anything. They put you under. That's the point. They put you under. Yes, they do. Got this email from a woman named... Carolyn Evers, and she was one of the attending nurses. You wouldn't what? remember this. Got this email. What is she doing in there? She said she wasn't in there. She <laughs> was, I mean, in the room. I don't know. There were two attending nurses. 
she sent an email saying, hey, you might think this is a cute story, but I listen to your podcast. Jerry does a lot of jokes about hearing impaired. Fair enough? Yeah. Yeah. And she said that the second attending nurse, the doctor, and she said she has sort of a hearing problem. She's very vain, won't wear hearing aids, become an issue. Doctor whispered something to her, Jerry. She left the room, came back a few minutes later, and put a beer on the table with the, the instruments they were using. The doctor then said, no, 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 no. I didn't ask for a bud light. I asked for a butt light. <laughs> you can't even do it. I can't. And you had to bring me into this whole setup. He is so proud of himself. He is tearing up. He liked that so much. That was I the didn't worst make thing. up the joke, Megan. I have, I've never heard I anything worse in my entire life. I stole it off the internet, but I needed to set it up. Oh. He is literally tearing. You are so proud of yourself. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I couldn't get through he without laughing. Hey, hey, we claimed last week you were. We claimed last week. on another <laughs> voyage. I was. I was. I was not here. But that's I was. Right. This is your once a month uh, <laughs> visit. One, yeah, that's yes. right. Show up once a month. Say hey. Where were you really? I was actually in the great city of Louisville, Kentucky, attending Good an city. HR convention, a regional HR convention. I know it's pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody, calm down. Seriously. We can talk about it afterwards. When you're at an <laughs> HR, you know, human resources convention, mm -hmm. and you tell people that you work with me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say you did not come up one time. <laughs> uh, that's that, actually not true. It's, it's true, because that's right. That is, true. is that so you can keep your job? Exactly, yeah. so I can continue to attend these HR conventions. I'm Jerry, getting you? an arm wave from uh, David Prusar, our technical producer over here. What's up? Uh, yeah, we have a telephone call from someone that is complaining about the podcast. What's her name? Her name is Susie Sampson. She said she's called in once before and wants to talk to us one more time. Uh, let's bring her on, don't you? Yeah. Because we're, we're risk takers. We don't care. Bring her on. <laughs> Who is it? Is this Susie Sampson? You bet it is. Oh, Susie Sampson. You met her at the convention. She was the right wing lady at the convention. Oh, she didn't know the words to God Bless America. Oh, that's the one that didn't know the words to God Bless America. That's I didn't no, do that. Excuse well, me, either. I knew the words. I just—they're printed on my heart. Oh, she was doing the words from her heart. She said, uh, "Not yeah. the official words." Yeah, we couldn't hear your heart. <laughs> that's the thing, and the person well, that wrote the song. But anyway, that's your law. Yes, yes, we understand. And by the way, for our listeners hearing this for the first time, Susie Sampson, we met at the Democratic convention. Yep. She's very conservative, right, Jerry? Yeah, uh, she's a right-wing Republican, and I was asking her what she's doing at the conve Democratic convention. And uh, what did you tell us? You just want to keep an eye on us? Well, of course. Absolutely. All of you sinners in one place. You never know what's going to happen. Well, you know, Miss um, Sampson. Probably a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a whole bunch of sinners in one place. What's, we have what's the someone negative? who, uh, I'll give you her name, uh, Denise Compton. Oh, yeah. Who uh, kind of. Oh. Oh, do you know that her? lady. Oh, my gosh, you know her? Of course. Who doesn't know Denise in the worst way possible? 
What? Oh, my Why? Wait, she's a right-wing conservative just like you. And how do you know her? She's just not as good as me. That's all. I'll be <laughs> darned. Oh. oh you got a little, little cat well, fight. Yeah, it almost yeah. sounds In like fact, there's a... I know you do some work with her, but I, I really think you're barking up the wrong tree. You should be working with me. I alone can oh. help you. Oh, Oh, so you're proposing that you become our new Denise Compton. You want us to dump her. Wow. No, I'm not the new Denise. I'm the first Susie. Oh, got it. So this is, see, now that's interesting, Megan and Jerry. We didn't know this. (laughs) Yeah. We thought when Denise, by, by the way, for the listeners, Denise Compton watches over our podcast with the constant threat that she's going to take to the Congress, which is a conservative Congress, yeah. mm-hmm. and tell to try them to get us off be podcast because we're, we're too corrupting. We we're show, too liberal. Yeah. We don't have a fair yeah. and balanced mix. Yeah. Well, um, Susie, um, well, maybe we do need to talk because maybe you're an easier person to work with. Um, you know, you say yes to the last person you talk to. <laughs> right. Whoever comes Denise in. Denise is going to oh, yeah. lose it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get my Social Security, so I, I'm always afraid I'm going to lose my gig. i tell you what, Susie, uh, I'll call you and we'll talk. And um, thank you for checking in with us. We appreciate it. No, no, no. Let's just let's be very clear here what needs to happen. I can help you navigate the Congress, and I can, I can assist. You all, while still demeaning you on a regular basis. She's like a lobbyist. She would help us navigate this whole right-wing, turbulent waters thing. Yes, but don't worry. I still don't like you. Okay. That's fair. She's being honest. Yeah. And I mean this in the kindest way, but are you drinking? (laughs) Am I drinking? No. I have a Hillary hat these days. <laughs> oh my! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay. Yeah. All right. Very so, serious. No, she doesn't like cocaine. She just likes the way it smells. Oh, see, now that's not. No, that's not funny. No, don't put that on her. That's, that's not fair that's to awful. Susie. That's I do. I do not do drugs. Like drugs are drugs are the bastion of sinners like you. Oh. We all know you did some drugs, Jerry. Uh-oh. Only, uh-huh. only Metamucil. Oh wow! Well, we <laughs> well documented. Sure. We can attest That's to what that. That's colonoscopy, guys. <laughs> yeah. Metamucil, my foot. Yeah. Wow. All right, Denise. Okay. Thanks, thank you. Den- we, thank you we very will much. talk. I will it's, talk with her. That's not Denise. That's that. not Pardon Denise. me. Now, see, that's the mistake you make, you. Susie Sampson. I apologize. Thank you, Susie. Bye, Susie. Bye, Susie. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. See, that's. Well, we yeah, we got opened up a can of worms. Is what she did. I'm afraid. Afraid we have. Yeah. Um. Hey, Jerry. Yes, Gene. Tell us about, uh, I'm going to kind of spring this on you, but uh, what happened with your father's car, your father, God rest his soul? By the way, you have Bishmoka in the house. Yeah, uh, it's, you, it's Mishmoka. It's not Bishmoka. <laughs> you will never be a Jew. <laughs> I don't care how long you apply. And- <laughs> And how much you offered to contribute to the, you know, Jewish sure. welfare fund. Yeah. Uh, he failed. It's Mushbocha. Yes, the mother it's, of my son-in-law is in the audience with all, her friends. It's Bishmoka. Like, it's Mushbocha. 
Havana Gila, Havana Gila, Havana. Now I wouldn't know that if I wouldn't, no. if I didn't know everything about Hebrew and everything else. Okay, so you have some family in the house. This, we apologize. This to is everyone. suddenly the largest <laughs> temple in Ludlow. <laughs> yeah, of course. Boy, right on to that. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden. Hey, I'll tell you what. When Catfish becomes mayor, well, not mayor, when he becomes yeah. councilman. city councilman, yeah. Uh, Catfish, who is the owner of Folk School Coffee Parlor, we're going to make a change about that. We're going to, yeah, he's going to love having that on his uh, platform. Hey, I'll tell you what. Your father oh, that's... one day stopped driving. Yeah. Well, Tell us about that. This... And your part in it. Yeah, the, the, actually, it's uh, a really serious story, and it it relates to the whole issue, in a sense, uh, of immigration. Why I get so ticked off at at someone like Trump, um, who the position on immigration is pure bigotry, and it's also scary, really scary, to people, for example, who are Hispanic for people who look Hispanic, and because it, it, it brings back notions of what a police state is. Um, I have a cousin, uh, Erica. She's 88, 89 years old. She's my only cousin. Her mother uh, and my mother were sisters, and they were in Germany, and most of our family was exterminated in the camps there. She was born there, so... You can figure out if she's born in 1927. By 1938, the year they finally got out, you know, she was 11 years old. So she has these memories. And the Gestapo, they lived in Berlin, and the Gestapo was coming around at night and grabbing the men and taking them away to camps. And so here she is, a young girl, like all the other Jewish kids, scared to death. Because at night, she would hear banging on the doors down the hall. Every night was a nightmare because anytime you heard a noise, you thought it was the soldiers coming to get you. And they were next door or two doors down. So there was constant fear. And it could turn you neurotic. And what they did, what she explains to me... She lives in New York now. What she explains to me is that her dad and my dad would spend nights in a different apartment because if the Gestapo was coming to grab them, they didn't want that to happen with Erica there, with, you know, uh, with her daughter there. They didn't want the child to see that. So the men would stay in different places, constantly moving around, but never in the same home. And sometimes they would send Erica to stay with another aunt. So in case the Gestapo came and grabbed them, she wouldn't see it. And I started thinking about when Trump gave his speech last week of extreme vetting, and we will find the people that are here illegally. Remember, if you're looking for people that are illegal, you're going to oftentimes run into someone who is legal. Or imagine a family where maybe when mom came over, she doesn't have the right papers. But the kid was born in America. Dad was born in America. And now that kid goes to sleep every night thinking that the police are going to come because Trump is talking about increasing this force that is going to come and look for the illegal immigrants. 
they're going to be afraid that the soldiers are going to come or police are going to come and take away mom. Imagine being a kid every night worried about that. It is the most inhuman, disgusting, filthy thing someone can think of, and this is a presidential candidate. As far as I'm concerned, there are no other issues. Anybody that mean, that insensitive, apparently 11 million people that don't have the right papers, recognizing that 10,950,000 of them probably were just loving parents that were looking for a better life for their kids and they would do whatever they can. Which one of us would not do everything we could for our family? And then here you have Trump with that kind of thought. That gets to the story of my dad, who obviously lived through the same thing, and he lost his parents, you know, his brother as well, cousins. I mean, we lost a whole bunch of people. So now you go 40 years in the future. It's now the early 1980s. Mom and dad are living in New York. Dad's about 78 years old at the time. And my dad was very short. I mean, he wasn't even five foot two at his tallest. And as he got older, he was shorter and shorter. So I'm betting he was five feet at this point. And when he drove his Chevy, because dad was like a vendor, made stuffed animals and sold them on the boardwalks of New Jersey and New York, and, uh, and you know, in, in little toy shops. And he would put all the stuffed animals, all his uh, merchandise, in the back seat of the car and in the trunk, and covered with a blanket. And, so the, and then he would have to sit on a pillow, and he would literally look through the steering wheel to drive. And obviously, as he got older, you know, it's reflexive. He was a horrible driver towards the end. And mom was scared to death to go in the car with him. So every time I'd come home from, from Cincinnati, where I was living and doing the news at that time, it was after I was mayor, um, you know, mom would often talk to me and say, I can't go in the car with dad. Would you tell him, please sell the car? And the car was kept, and Gene, you've seen where we lived in the apartment complex. Uh, right across the street, there's another apartment with a driveway, and that's where the car was kept. And honestly, he had not driven it for about a year. But mom was still scared because she always had to talk him out of going. So she says, Gerald, I came home for the holidays. Gerald, could you talk to dad? And get him to sell the car. So you hate to get in the middle of something between your mom and dad, but I did. I sat down with dad, and I said, dad, you don't drive the car anymore. Mom's a wreck. You know, you're making her nervous. Why don't you just sell it? And he said to me, which shocked the hell out of me, he said, I'll, I'll sell it when I'm 80. He was 78, 79. I'm going to sell it when I'm 80. But I want to keep it till then. Because you never know when you have to get away. And I'm thinking, I've known, you know, I've known my dad obviously my whole life. He was a very bright man, totally rational. I mean, there was no emotion with dad. Mom was emotional like me, would cry during Bambi. But dad was straightforward. 
And just very calmly, he says, I mean, it just seemed like the craziest thing in the world. We're living in the United States of America. This is 1982, 1983. And he's living in America since 1949. And he's saying to me, keeping his car because you never know when you have to get away. That must have stuck with him, those nights in Berlin. It was so ingrained in him, and he never shared that story. The story I told you about my cousin Erica, I didn't find out until a couple of years ago, long after my parents died. So it's like, God, can you imagine living your life every day and even when you're in America and you think everything is cool here and we don't have to worry, it'll never happen here. And now suddenly, someone like Trump could be president of the United States. I'm, I don't want to overreact, but I got to tell you, nobody thought it would happen in Germany. It was the most cultured, educated society in the Western world. If we don't stop it at its very start, every time it rears its ugly head just for a second, this whole argument about immigration, I mean, how many of us really are going to have horrible lives if someone from a different country gets citizenship or lives here or doesn't have the right papers yet? Really? Does anyone go to sleep at night saying, oh, we can't have another Hispanic here? I mean, it's just so mean, so horrible. Do we think just because people were born in a different country that they, they don't love their children? They don't want to be happy? They don't cry when they're upset? I mean, it's just the most indecent thing you can do. And the media ought to go after him for that. It's not about conservative, Democrat, Republicans, none about that. It's what kind of a human being are you? How can you be okay breaking up these families? How can you be okay being against someone because they happen to be born a Muslim? Who decides to whom they're going to be born? None of us got to choose to be born, to whom we'd be born in what religion we'd be born into, none of it. So stop judging people based on those kind of things that you have nothing to do with. People that say, I'm proud to be a white American. You're lucky to be one. Well, what, what do you, you had nothing to do about being born in America. You weren't involved in the decision. So why do you take personal pride? I thank God I live in America. But am I proud that I did something wonderful? No. I went along with mom and dad that came over here. They were happy to get, come here, considering where they came from. So I've gone on long enough. But this issue of immigration is so much bigger than an election. It's about who we are as a country, who we are as a people. This is not a referendum on Donald Trump. It is a referendum on us. That, that's a powerful story. We don't mean to put you into emotional conditions that are 
No, just don't mean to, but it's an important message. Thanks for telling it. Hey, uh, before we bring on the Rubber Knife Gang, a musical group that we love, we, this is their second uh, time to our podcast. Jerry, would you be willing to um, no. make a couple? <laughs> We've gone from stupid material, that yes. was me, yeah. Real stupid. to, uh, very, <laughs> to uh, powerfully emotional yeah. material. And this is a little more intellectual, maybe, and political. But with the passing of Phyllis Shafley, yes. uh, 88 or so, I, I'm 92. trying to remember, 92, make a couple comments before we hear from the Rubber Knife Gang on uh, how, how we all, of course, we, we all, from the human side, feel sure. for the family when they have a, a lost loved one. So we get that. But there's been a lot of talk about Phyllis Shafley's political importance, cultural importance. Make a couple comments on it, if you would. Well, yeah, I'll start off by saying it's sad when anybody dies. Um, and, you know, she was 92, so it, it's no help to the family to say, well, she lived a long life. You know, it's sad. And I'm assuming she was a good wife, a good mother, a, you know, good grandmother. So personally, it's, it's sad, and we offer condolences. But I don't think, therefore, we should honor her cause. Because I would argue that her cause was horribly destructive. She was, well, she had written uh, the book, A Choice, Not an Echo, which was the book that became the Bible for the right wing back in the early 60s, and which was the basis of Barry Goldwater's run for the presidency. And... Uh, she became most known for leading the fight against passage in 1972 of the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. So I have the same view of this, of her work, as I do of, you know, people that wave the Confederate flag. If you had someone in your family generations ago that fought on the side of the Confederacy, we can honor their valor, their courage, uh, and the sadness that they were killed, but you certainly, you would find it hard to honor their cause, slavery. I mean, you know, I don't want to honor the cause of being against the Equal Rights Amendment for women, because the damage that she caused in the movement that she led for a whole generation of American women, it slowed their opportunities, their, their chance to have great opportunities in America, more so than they had. So young women today, frankly, maybe don't appreciate it. Because they're, you know, if you're 20-something, you just assume, yeah, I'm a woman, I'll be whatever I want to be. Yeah, be a doctor, I'll be an astronaut, I'll be whatever you want to be. Well, Gene, when you and I were young, uh, you know, if you were a woman, if you weren't going to be a housewife or a stay-at-home mom, the chances are, there are exceptions, but generally your options were become a teacher, become a nurse, become a librarian. Secretary. And secretary. Yep. And that was basically it. it. It wasn't that the government said you could only do that. Parents were even saying that. And that was, if the parents had a son, 
my son's going to be the doctor. You're going to this. You're going to this college. You're going to that. And if you had a daughter, I want you to find a good husband. You know, I mean, there was a lot of that. And that was part of the, the culture. And if you think about how unfair that is, that women didn't have all the options available to them. So the Equal Rights Amendment, more than anything legally, the whole point of the amendment was to open up the consciousness to all America that says, wait a second, if you're a young girl, you can have all the opportunities that are given to young boys. And then you go to the specific issues, equal pay and uh, no harassment in the workplace and stuff like that. You know, we still have the male-dominated society that this stuff goes on. So that was her life's work, that cause. Why would you make your life's work anything which limits the freedom of human beings? You know, there's pick a cause, anything. Unlimited mileage on your Grendels. But don't... It doesn't have to be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but don't pick a cause, something that... In other words, there is a conservative point of view. And I don't uh, uh, share it, but I understand it. And it's a fair, mature... We can argue and debate over whether, you know, how we should fund schools, how we should fund health care how we should deal with infrastructure. We can have a liberal and a conservative response to that. But in America, the one thing that shouldn't even be a debate, and this is where conservatives fail, because historically they always start out on the wrong side of these social issues. They always start out supporting slavery, start out, uh, against Social Security, against Medicare, against organized labor, against women's rights, against gay rights. I mean, whatever the freedom is, they always start out on the wrong side, which is stupid, which is why they're in turmoil now and why there's no real conservative running for president of the United States. If you're a Republican, what the hell are you going to do? You can be a loyalist and say, well, I'll hold my nose and vote for Trump. Really? You don't have a conservative running for president. You have an idiot. Yep. A nice man, but an idiot. <laughs> so, so, her life, I'm, yes, condolences. And it's sad when a human life is lost. But I, I cannot honor the work she did. I mean, she was one of the leading anti-communists. Well, wait a second. What is it that you didn't like about communism? Isn't that they took away freedoms? So why are you, you say you're against communism because it's against freedom, and then here in America, you're perfectly willing to limit the freedom of women. I don't get it. All right, that's a, that's a good analysis. You know, there's so much being said about her impact, and that's, uh, that's brutally honest, Jerry, take on it, and uh, one that's, I'm sure, shared by a lot of us progressives slash liberals. Uh, rubber Knife Gang. Let's hear it for the Rubber Knife Gang. They're here, fresh off an appearance at the Whispering Beard Folk Festival, Friendship, Indiana, which was, I guess, a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. 
and uh, a great uh, regional and growingly important folk festival. And the Rubber Knife Gang are uh, a trio from Cincinnati, and we're going to ask them to do a song and then chat with them for a second. That's the Rubber Knife Gang, and that's John Oakes, Todd Wilson, and Henry Becker, and uh, you can hear their music at therubberknifegang.com, and your latest album is Broken Lines, correct? Yes. And that song is called Bringing Rain. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. it's the first track off the CD. All right, and you guys, um, so you, you were at uh, Whispering Beard. Do you do some touring as well? Uh-huh, we're... Uh uh, currently touring right now, we're on our way up to Chillicothe to play Steiner Speakeasy and then uh, up to play a street festival in Ohio City, Cleveland. Yeah, nice. Um, and you've got a second song for us called uh, uh, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Do it, please. Okay, well, this one's off of our second CD, and uh, I think you guys are going to like it. All right. <laughs> Well, I've been working all week, swinging that hammer all day. I kicked up my feet, I ain't gonna work till Monday. My honey's sleeping on my 
said we're going to sing praise the Lord, I'm thinking people listening to this are saying, oh, isn't that nice, you know? <laughs> yeah, see? You know, they're not that left wing. They, yeah, they're middle America. And then, yeah. <laughs> That's a great song. Who wrote that song? Uh, I actually did, yeah. 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 How long ago did you write that? Is that recent? Uh, I think I wrote it in uh, 2010. So yeah. things, have, think, things are starting to change right now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> actually, Jerry... Uh, well, he's I, not doing that crazy stuff like yeah. Metamucil, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he lays off the hard Wait a minute, Jerry doesn't <laughs> smoke Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he mainlines it. Mainline. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
just we don't want to talk about how it goes in. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. The <laughs> line isn't where you think it is. Ouch. It's Back to that colonoscopy line. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's, uh, I guess that's a new kind of way to. Uh, well, I don't know. It. I don't know. Oh. Uh, how did you, what, what's your, briefly, what's the history of this group? You guys are out of Cincinnati. Did you know each other from school or neighborhood or how did, how did it happen? No, we all grew up in different places. I, huh? I moved around Ohio my whole life and uh, ended up where I was born, back in Cincinnati. And uh, I met John through uh, family and friends, and we started playing around a bonfire pit. And uh, then uh, once he bought a bass, we pretty much were kind of like, well, that's kind of like the missing piece of the puzzle. We'll start a band. You know, uh, briefly, there was a show the other night on PBS, two of them actually, Jerry, and I wondered uh, if you had ever seen them. They do them around fundraising time, and one is about the history of folk music and the commercial period of the Kingston Trio, Limelighters Forward, so that would be the 50s, late 50s through the uh -huh. 60s. So Judy Collins was the MC of it, along with favorites. the Smothers Brothers, so yeah. you guys know about them. Uh -huh. And the music that they we're doing, and they did this show five or 10 years ago, uh, and they just keep dragging it out for the fundraising thing. But these guys sound so close to all those trios oh, back then. Absolutely. This music really has moved forward yeah. from the time that we were in high school, college, and beyond. And the harmonies, the instrumentation, stand-up basses were big back then. Yeah. So it's really interesting to watch and hear, and you guys are as good as they were back then, so we compliment you. Very, very good sound. Professional, well-written. Would you take us out on Irene Goodnight and let Jerry Springer, uh, who has not yet taken his Metamucil, so he'll be here for the throughout the song. Hopefully it's orally. <laughs> yeah, right. But if he'll, if he'll jump in on the second verse. Here's to hoping. All right, all right. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery. Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Think I'll take another stroll downtown. To jump in the river and drown